What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're listening to this or watching this. Uh, for those of you who are with us live, hope you had a fantastic 4th of July. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us for this week's episode of the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate women who build, make, and fix things with their own two hands. My name is Bogey. I am your host for this series. I am a master auto mechanic by trade, but I am passionate about celebrating and encouraging women in all of the trades, the industrial trades, hands-on skills, all of the above. Love seeing women in these non-traditional career paths and seeing the number of women in these trades increase slowly slowly but steadily over the, the last several decades. Now, my guest tonight is also a auto mechanic. And um, so, you know, in all of my years as a mechanic and working with female mechanics from all over the country and doing this podcast and interviewing different women, it's so awesome to see how many more women I'm seeing getting into the industry, right? There's a lot of young girls coming up in the field, and that is fantastic to see. But I can count on one, two, maybe a foot, but pretty much two hands, the number of women who I know who've really been in it for a long time at this point, because let's be honest, back in the day, there just weren't as many women getting into these fields because of all of the obstacles that there were in the way of women entering these fields. So the, our guest tonight is another one of those ladies who's been in the industry for a long time. So she is right there with me. She's been in the automotive industry for a long, long time. She's been a Ford technician for over a decade. Um, and I am really excited to have her join in. I first met tonight's guest when she she was involved in one of the all-female builds at my shop, Girl Gang Garage in Phoenix. And I was just immediately struck by her tenacity, her skill, um, her, her knowledge, and her just ability to just dive in and figure things out. And we became fast friends, worked together a lot on the all-female build, and have stayed in touch throughout the years. So I'm really excited to have her on as a guest tonight. But before I have her join, first got to do a big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Drive Time. If you're not familiar with them, definitely want to go check them out. Not only are they a great company and a great place to buy a used car from, but they're a great place to get your start in the industry, whether you are interested in the body side of things, paint work, metal work, mechanical work. They do a little bit of all of it, and they have a lot of really great educational programs, especially to help younger technicians getting started and finding their home within the industry. So if you've not checked them out, go do that now. But first, without further ado, I said go check them out now. Don't check them out now. Check them out after this podcast is over. Right now, stay here and hang out with us because I'm going to bring in tonight's guest in just a quick second. But I also really want to thank you guys for coming here each week, for hanging out with us, for meeting these awesome women. Um, please, if you enjoy this series, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, leave us comments. We love hearing your feedback. If you have specific topics that you'd love to hear us discuss, we want to hear from you about those. If you are a tradeswoman or know a tradeswoman that we should be interviewing, definitely let us know that as well. Uh, and if you can take the time to review this as a podcast, the more reviews we get, the more eyes and ears get on this project. And that means that these women get um, celebrated all the more. And that's what the, the purpose of this is. So thanks so much for tuning in. And now I'm going to shut up and stop yapping. And I'm going to bring to 
tonight's guest on. I think you guys are really going to like her. All right. Hello, lovely. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you were a little hesitant at first. Yeah. <laughs> nervous, you know. <laughs> Very shy person, but yeah, it's fine, though. I'm so excited that you agreed to, because I think you have such a great perspective and kind of, as I was explaining to the folks at home, like, you know, there's just not that many women who have been in this industry for a long time, right? You oh, know, we, yeah. we tend to see, and I'm sure you've seen this over the years too, that while we are attracting more women to the industry, we tend to lose them after a couple of years. Um, the challenges are just so great. Um, but especially when you and I came into the industry, there were a lot more obstacles in in the way of getting involved and you particularly i think you experienced a lot of those obstacles early on and like mm -hmm. kind of what steered your direction initially um you want to tell everybody how you how you kind of started out and the the going to auto body path and then finding your way back yeah. to mechanical talk to me about that yeah so i was 19 uh straight out of high school and i didn't have any sort of direction but i had always like was interested in cars. My dad got me started on um, this old Mustang that I had, you know, and um, never really looked back from that. And I didn't see any path away. And I was like, well, I really want to work on cars, but I didn't have the confidence. And I think that's been my biggest issue, obviously. But I didn't have the confidence to move forward with that path. And so I was like, well, let me just go into auto body. And auto body is great. It's just as challenging. I don't want to make other women feel like that, you know, <laughs> that have been in it, but because it, it's very challenging. In fact, I don't like to do it. It's just not my thing. <laughs> um, but I, well, remember, can I interrupt yeah. you really quickly? Yeah, why, why did you, if self-confidence kind of uh, like stopped you from pursuing the mechanical path, was there something that like, you know, obviously perception versus reality are sometimes yeah. different things. You know now that body is just as challenging, oh, yeah, or just yeah. as whatever. But was there something at that time that made you feel like I have enough confidence for this, but not for this other thing? Uh, because I'm artistically inclined, mm. and so I, I believed that. And I can paint pretty okay. well if I do it a lot. Um, obviously, practice and all of that. And I did a little bit of welding and stuff. Uh, not practice at all in that, as you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that um, I, I looked at it. Actually, I looked at it in a wrong lens. Mm. I did. I thought it would be easier, and it's not. So I actually, def you know, it was a very sinful thing on my part, you know, to <laughs> look down on another part of that career path because that's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of hard work. Um, but I guess the way my brain is wired. I knew that I was supposed to do something more and, and, um, and that really, really what my brain was wired for, what I was built for, you yeah. know? So, um, ended up being like having jealousy. Like I told you, I looked down the hall cause it was in the same small building. I looked down the hall and, and see like, um, these guys just wrenching away, you know, swapping heads, doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, why I can't do that. And I just gave up, you know, you know, mm. at the time I did. Um, but I never really left. Yeah. Which is why I'm here now. Yeah. You know, so it was a long journey of just finding myself. I was really young and I had, um, had a rough time growing up. And so I felt a lot alone, but it was like basically being alone that caused me to be able to have the confidence to, I figured out how to run. I ran a half marathon at one point, you know, I had it, my son, my son gave me all the confidence in the world. Mm, interesting. 
Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was basically like, if I could do all of this, I can do that. And that's what led me to UTI. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And how many yeah. years later was that? Oh man. Several. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was about seven or eight, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, so the, the program that you went to where you were like, you know, wistfully looking at these guys doing engines and, and feeling envious of them was, so that was also a trade program that you went into to do the auto body or was that in a job where you were no, seeing that? Yeah, that was a trade program. It was at okay. our local community college, which okay. the program itself was actually really good for being such a small yeah. college, you know, and it was very affordable. Um, I wasted it, unfortunately. Um, it really sucks. <laughs> it's never, it's you know? never a waste. It's never yeah. a waste because you still learned a ton and it's, yeah. and it's stuff that, you know, had you grow as a person regardless. Right. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've painted, I painted my friend's door recently. Actually, you kind of got me back into it for a while and yes. <laughs> I salvaged a door and I, she had like, <laughs> She had wrecked her car and she's like, I don't want to take it to insurance. Just can you do something? And I'm like, yes. So I salvaged the door and I repainted it and it nice. Yeah. It looked great. Look like, at you. Yeah, See, it's like, never okay. a waste. No, no. It's always never a waste. Utilized. Yeah. Yes, yeah, indeed. So. so did you wind up, you worked in the field uh, on the body side of things as well, right? Before you left uh, that or, or did you just do the program and then did you complete that program? I did not complete the program. Okay. I did paint cars on the side, though. Okay. Um, I did it at my my uncle's barn, like cleaned out his sheep barn. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like a whole thing, but yeah, I painted my sister's car. You know, and do cool. some white okay. stuff here and there, but nice. Yeah. So I gotta ask, did you have like, you know, I know you kind of point to your self confidence as the reason why you didn't pursue that path earlier. Was there other stuff going on? Were there other messages that you were hearing from people? Were there people in your life that were kind of reaffirming that lack of self confidence? Or do you feel like it was all internal? Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, what I believe is that when you have a weakness and you show it to people, a lot of times they'll capitalize on it. Mm. So if you're, uh, if you're, um, wanting to do something and you really do have it in you, people don't like that. And I, I hate to be that pessimistic about it, but when people, people don't want others to achieve things because maybe out of intimacy in, in envy, <laughs> jealousy, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Merging two words at once. That's I okay. I do that all the time. It's the same thing. <laughs> we'll just make that a new word. You know? Totally. Uh, I'm game. <laughs> intimacy. Uh, yeah. So uh, that was, yeah, that was a lot. I mean, there, there were a few friends in my life. Like I had really good friends that encouraged me and they were like, Tasha, I need help with my car, you know? And, and I was, I guess I can try. I don't know. <laughs> you know, at the time yeah. I didn't know anything. So, um, yeah. So that did happen. How was, how was your family about it? Were they supportive? Um, I mean, obviously you went to this other program and did the auto body route. Um, were they supportive of you doing that? Yes. Okay. Uh, they, my mother told me, she said, I did not choose this path for you because I knew how hard it would be. Mm. Um, but she said, she's very glad that I, I did. So she was extremely supportive of that. But, um, I've been doing some genealogy lookup in my family and apparently I'm in the long line of mechanics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's a, I don't know. Huh. It's almost like we're built to do it. Interesting. I am not. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're good though. <laughs> I, I am not, I, I did not have it in my genes. Um, <laughs> not in my family history. I had to work hard for this. <laughs> oh, you did though. No, I, I view you in the same way. I think it, you have to have a, your brain has to be wired whether yeah. you're male or female, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm so, I'm so curious about this. So you, you, started the program and then you ended up not doing it was it like what what kind of drew that final line where you're like i'm not gonna follow through and finish this program with the auto body and keep going with that what what caused that my heart wasn't in it and okay i was experiencing some depression at Mm. the time and but it was, I met my husband at the time too. So there was, <laughs> there was so much going on, you know, yeah. and I, I think initially it was like, I feel like I'm, I felt like I was holding a space where somebody else could be succeeding. And so I, yeah, so I left because I just, I felt like, well, and the, the instructor was not happy with me at all. With you for leaving or with you being there? For, for me, like my work ethic. Uh, oh. I wasn't showing up half the time, you know, because oh, your, like, your heart yeah. wasn't in it. it. It wasn't in it. Yeah. And yeah. he just, he just called me out and I needed it. You know, interesting. I did. I needed it. Uh, yeah. Something I appreciate very much. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you yeah. leave the program. You're not feeling confident about any of it. You know, you don't want to do body work, but now you meet your husband, you have your son. Yeah. Um, were you, did you work during that time? Were you a stay at home mom? Like, where are you, where were you at in the process? Like, did you just go find a job that like didn't fulfill you, but you did something just to keep yourself busy? What was happening at that time? Yeah. So uh, we got pregnant on our wedding night. (laughs) So (laughs) nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Right. So it was immediately throwing into, you know, throwing us into parenthood, which Mm -hmm. was a good thing. Um, and had the beautiful son. He's now over, almost six foot tall. He's oh my like, goodness! Oh yeah, he's seventeen almost, and I love it. Just an amazing kid. Uh, and yeah, I mean, all of that was kind of you know you just get caught up in the in life and and but I always felt like I've got to do something more. It's yeah. not that being a mom isn't fulfilling, but I just felt like I wasn't pulling my weight in life, mm. in in society, and anything. And so. Yeah, we were living in Minnesota at the time, and we just made the oh, executive wow. decision to in, empty out all of our accounts and just go for it. And oh, wow. we came here with no jobs to Phoenix. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we dropped everything. Yeah. Why Why Phoenix? And holy cow, what a huge transition to uh-huh. make and a huge risk to take. What, what prompted that? Uh, I just felt a calling. It was like, yeah. well, you know, my religion, uh, I felt God leading me this direction and my husband had lived out here before and he, he okay. brought me out here you know I was I grew up in the Midwest I never visited in any place like I was such like a Midwest girl it was ridiculous <laughs> uh but yeah when he brought me out here I was like oh I love this area and I want to live here you know so yeah we've been here for 13 years now oh wow um, yeah. So, so did you come out here for UTI or did you find UTI once you were out here and you came out here kind of independently of, of UTI? Uh, both. So okay. we, we had already planned on coming out and my husband came out and toured the facility for me. 
Oh, nice. He was, you know, looking for jobs, and I was staying at home with my son, and uh, and that's that's pretty much what happened. I mean, I just took the leap. Yeah. I, I had done so much research on it, and I saw people with so much success coming out of it, and I thought, well, if people are coming out of it with the knowledge and they're able to go into it and be successful, obviously this job, this college is doing something right. Yeah. So um, I learned a lot. There. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, for, and for those who, who don't know, UTI um, is a Universal Technical Institute, and it's a, it's a pretty large automotive training program. Um, they have a partner school or a sister school, which is MMI, so that's the motorcycle side of things. Mm-hmm. And they're adding welding programs. They have all sorts, of, all sorts of different programs that they have. And it's actually where I went to school as well. So Tasha and mm-hmm. I both, both went to UTI. Um, what year were you there? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, yeah. I started in 10, and then I... Okay. Uh, you know, usually it's like the one year for the base, and then I did Ford, and then I tacked on BMW, and then... Okay. Uh, I did the I did this step program. I didn't do what you did. Okay. So you did, like, the big... The I did the big step. They one. had, like, the small step, <laughs> yeah. the fast yeah, step was, program. Uh, yeah, fast, fast track. Yeah, yeah fast track. Was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got to go to the fancy new UTI campus. Not the old, oh. decrepit one, I think. Oh, yeah. You were out in Avondale? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, like, a few years after I graduated, they made announcements that they were building this, like, Taj Mahal of auto shops. And and yeah. so I went when it was, like, in a lean-to. Okay, it wasn't really in a lean-to, but it, it felt like <laughs> it at times. Um, and then you went when, like, everything was inside and air-conditioned and pretty and brand new. I got the spoiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the redheaded uh, stepchild who got the right. <laughs> That's all good. It's all good. So, how, oh, what was man. the experience like for you going to UTI? Uh, it was it was entertaining as heck. It was <laughs> I, entertaining. Explain oh, me that. My gosh. So, just I met so many really great people, and there was rumors started about me that I had mm. five kids and I was divorced three times, and like, oh, when you're that's when juicy. You're like, I know. You know, I didn't realize that men gossip too until I got there. So <laughs> men gossip worse. Side note, y'all, anybody who thinks that men don't gossip, they are the worst. Yeah, it's bad. It's so bad. I I'm like, where are you guys coming up with this crap? I don't understand. Like I've never even talked to any of you. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. So, yeah. So I, I learned, I mean, UTI not only taught me to navigate the dealer, but they taught me how to navigate it socially. So when I was dealing with a lot of people, you know, that were, um, some people really didn't like you. There was a lot of people that didn't like you there and they just were not happy. And then I got hit on a a ton. Of course, every woman, I'm sure you get to corner the market over there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I did make some really good friends and a lot of people that taught me a lot of things, you know, yeah. besides the, the teachers. Yeah. That, that's a really interesting point that you just made about like mm-hmm. getting learning. And that's obviously not what UTI, it's not part of their, their agenda, right? UTI isn't yeah. intentionally teaching us how to navigate the social aspects of being right. in the industry. Um, at least not in the way that it means for women, but, um, but what a, a valid point that it gives you this opportunity when you go to a tech school rather than going straight out into the career or out into the workforce that you had this opportunity to really navigate working with men who didn't like you being there. 
Oh, um, yeah. And uh-huh. finding your allies and finding your support system in, before you get out into the workplace. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, it, you know, it made me learn not to really care about what people say. It's just... You just have to let that stuff right off your back. Like, you got to develop a thick skin. There's no did getting it, around it. Did it take a while to get to that point? Like, yes. yeah. It did. did it for you? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. that it has yet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I got my points. I always joke that I, like, you know, the guys at work would be like, no crying in baseball. I would literally, there's one point at time where I was so upset that I wrapped myself around a drive shaft and cried, like, under a truck that I was working on. So that nobody could see you. Yeah. <laughs> the one, one guy told me, he goes, you, you cry in the shower like a real man. He said that to me. I'm like, oh, okay. oh my goodness. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm going to do. Nobody can see me, right? It's so, so. it's so interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. And I hear you because I've been, I was told kind of the same thing, right? Like you don't, you don't cry in front of people. You don't let anybody see any of that. And there, there's so much truth to that, but it's so unfortunate that there's truth to that like in my in my shop that i had when i had employees we were mostly female and i actually had a sign at one point in the office that said yes crying is allowed um because i feel like there was this like i learned how to cope with my emotions the way society teaches men to cope with their emotions because that was the environment that I was in was like such a not just male environment but so like stereotypical masculine environment that I I learned that it was really only acceptable to show anger and happiness like those were the only two emotions that were acceptable and it was such a realization for me like oh my gosh this is this is what society teaches men and that's really sad too like because men do cry in the shower and wouldn't it be an amazing world if they were allowed to cry anywhere else i totally agree (laughs) and i i mean now and i don't know if it's just the new generation coming in that are just like tired of the bs but i a lot of the younger guys that come in they're very open yeah. Um, and I haven't seen that before. When I when I started at the first dealer, it, I liked that I started at the dealer that I was before because it toughened me up. Mm. It made me realize like, oh, okay, this is the environment. But once now I'm like the elder of the shop, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, they called me mom. I'm like, I'm not your mother. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not your mom. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, they, they come to me for, you know, advice. Other, yeah. A lot of sometimes other than just, hey, I got a technical question. Right. You can answer, you know. So that's, that's cool. been really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just, I, we got a really good crew right now. That's and awesome. I don't know what it was about the pandemic, but it purged out a bunch of the bad people. Interesting. Yeah, it did. That's I don't know a really how. interesting point. I, I'm not working on the field in out in the field right now, like as a tech on the line. So I haven't I haven't been able to see that. But I think it did the same thing as far as shops go. Like mm-hmm. the good shops were thriving, and the oh, bad yeah. shops went out of business. At least a lot That's of them, crazy. not all of them, but yeah. a lot did. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that because when when it happened with us, it was all of a sudden I was drowning in work and nothing was mm. good enough. It was like I couldn't get stuff done fast enough. Oh wow. There was so much more. We have you know how in seasons, like I'm sure you saw it in BMW where you had seasons of high sales. Totally. Summertime in Arizona is a killer on the car, you know. Yeah. Uh so you would have these seasons and then it would drop down around the time that kids were going back to school. Yes. And tax time, right? Yep. Around around the time of tax time. Well, we never saw that alleviate during the pandemic. It Interesting. stayed consistently stayed high. Oh yeah. Wow. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like the yeah. good shops um, adapted. And yep. 
and figured it out. And like the good shops were already doing things that prioritize their customer. And so continuing to prioritize their customer was not a challenge. And then the bad shops that didn't do things to take care of their people, like they started to go away because they were really struggling. Yeah. So it was a really interesting thing, but to see that that affected the technicians as well, like losing technicians that were like, screw this, I'm done, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it, what it what it did is it's almost like it's a gatekeeping thing or a purging mm-hmm. effect where you know how the industry does that anyway to people. If you can't hang, you're out kind yeah. of thing. But when it gets really hard, do you really want to do it? And that yeah. was that was where it's like you have to really got it deep down in you to want to stay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Are you seeing something similar with the 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 increase of electric vehicles? Because I know we've talked a little bit about that, and I I feel like there's a similar effect that's happening there, where the techs that don't want to learn it are kind of self eliminating from the industry. Are you seeing that in the in the day to day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I we have had a couple that just don't want to want any part of it. I mean, the smart thing to do right now is is to be still grounded in, you know, gasoline and diesel, but also start to get grounded in EV because that's the direction we're going. Yeah, it's just inevitable. Yeah, we can't we can't avoid it. And I actually need to get my cert for it. (laughs) 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 My high voltage battery cert. I'm like behind. Right. (laughs) But you're already an electronic specialist you specialize yeah. in electrical so i feel like that's going to be easy for you and you're not afraid oh, of sure. it yeah. you're not afraid no, of I'm it not afraid of it no yeah. it's 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 just it's literally the same thing just different i mean i guess i know that doesn't make any sense but <laughs> totally does like, the same but different <laughs> yeah yeah it really you know i mean <laughs> you know we've already been dealing with hybrids for years now so totally and it's totally. so similar just going full electric is all the designs that I'm seeing are kind of bizarre. And I, you know, with new designs, we see new failures. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think we're not going to have to navigate some sort of issue. You know, I'm, I feel like when I first started, I was, I contacted hotline probably twice in my career for like the first five years. Mm-hmm. And now it's like constant. It's oh, like interesting. <laughs> Just because of all of the electrical uh, new technology coming out, I'm like, why isn't this programming? Why won't this take this programming? Yeah. And, you know, I, I see like our, you know, Ford changing on their side a lot. They're trying to, they're trying to navigate the, uh, the environment just like we are. So sure. we just yeah. have to roll with the punches. Yeah. It just has to be that way. So. Well, and you're right. And it's not even just the EVs, right? Because to mm-hmm. your point, we've been so highly electric in our vehicles, even our fully, not even our hybrid engines, but like our, our, our ice cars, our traditional gas engines, um, have so much electronics in them. And I feel like it's becoming more and more a situation. And tell me if I'm wrong, where the dealerships have the, they have a handful, maybe if they're lucky of diagnostic techs, but the rest of their techs are generally the, the find and replacers. And then they're using the hotline and they're using tech support as their resource for diagnosing these highly complex vehicles. Are you seeing that too? A little bit. um, What the good, the good thing with Ford right now is that for the most part, we, as a team that we have right now in our shop, everybody is pretty much self-sufficient and we rely on each other more of like, 
so we have our shop foreman. I'm, I don't know if this is what, how it was with you, but our shop foreman, I'm like, before I go to Ford, I go to him. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what's going on. Have you seen this? Yeah. And so, um, and then obviously Ford's really good about TSBs and all of that. Like most of the time you'll find your fix, but yeah, TSB is. stands for Technical Service Bulletin. In oh, case anybody doesn't that. know that, that's okay. <laughs> just yeah. throwing that out there. <laughs> you're, you're so good at that. When I also start talking, and people are like, "I don't know what you're talking about," because <laughs> so, so I just assume that everybody else right. around is a technician, you know. So <laughs> it's really all good. Bad. All good. Yeah. All good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I, I feel like we're, we're going to kind of start seeing kind of two different paths for technicians to go and that like the electrical diagnostic like is going to be kind of a more coveted position and there's going to be fewer of them and there's going to be traveling techs that go to go to the different shops because it is so much harder a, we're in such a deficit, right? We don't have enough technicians, period, right? So. Oh, yeah. I never like, thought I'd see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is so crazy. So it, it's going to be interesting watching how this all plays out over the next several years. You're right. Yeah. How, how do you feel like with the younger kids coming in at your shop, are they more open to it than the older generation as far as EVs go and the electronics in general? Or is it kind of across the board, kind of some people are for it, some people aren't? Yeah, I mean... I do. I have one really good friend. He's so good at what he does. And he was like one of those quick learners, like within the first year he was doing it. Yeah. It was like, like it's nothing for him, you know? Um, and he's still like, Tosh, I hate this. <laughs> you know? Oh, interesting. Like, you know, he's like, he still gets upset, but at the same time, it's not that he's not willing to learn it or any of them are not willing to learn. They're just, yeah. they are actually much open, more open than I would the say. The younger generation is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, are, they are the ones that are yeah. successful that actually make it to the point in the shop. Yeah. So, yeah, there are a lot of people as we as we have seen throughout our like our own careers, they come in and they're like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. You know, so we see that. But but mo- for the most part, yeah, they've been open. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing any more women coming in? Are you have you worked with any other women other than at Girl Gang and, and outs- your extracurricular activities? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have. I, I trained one. That went nice. to Tesla. Okay. And yeah, she chose that route, which was pretty cool. I yeah. talked to her once in a while. It's been a few years, but um, so she did that, which I think was really good for her. It was a really good fit for her. Um, nice. I, I have seen, unfortunately, a lot of failures, which is really sad. Um, Talk to me about that. Um, I think it doesn't have to do with being a female. I think it has to do with m- not actually being hardwired for it, you know? that it's something that um, it's like we were saying, you know, it's built into you to, to do this. So if you'd really, you have to really, 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 really want it um, for it to be you to be successful at it. So. And that's male or female, male or female. It doesn't matter. Unfortunately for the girls, I do, I do think a lot of them feel like they don't have enough support and for, for you, people like you and I, I, I mean, I did need some support, but it was just minimal. It was like we said earlier, just like navigating that, like through UTI and stuff, navigating that whole social thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, 
I think you're right. There's, I think a lot of the challenges that the industry faces are, are towards both genders for sure. Like it's, it's an issue on like both men and women are experiencing some similar things. I think women kind of have some additional layers (laughs) of stuff that they have to deal with than the men do. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's male or female and I've, I've encountered plenty of, of male apprentices that I had at my shop that like, just didn't know which end of the screwdriver to hold, right? And it's, um, you know, you do kind of have to have an an instinct for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, right, I've seen the industry, like, kind of beat the love out of people for the, oh. for the work, right? <laughs> like, they for beat real. them down and they lose the love. Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was a time we went through where it was just like, I don't know what happened, but the dynamic of our shop, I've been at the, the dealer I'm at for, like, almost six years. And so there was this time where the, I don't know if it was like, there was this mixture of um, service advisors and they were cutthroat. I mean, mm. just, and it was, it was like, basically it took me to the fork in the road where it was bringing up all the bad, like emotions that I have, you know, the bad parts of me that I felt that I was suppressing. <laughs> and oh, I was like, you know, I had to go down one path or another. Do I choose to be like the rudest person back to you and, mm. you know, treat you like crap or do I take the high road? And that actually molded me to choose the high road, you know? So it was hard. It was so hard because it's yeah. like people just poke and poke and they, it's like we, we live, we're submerged in a shop full of psychopaths, you know, that were there. <laughs> you know, sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, what technician can I manipulate to get my stuff done ahead of this guy? And it wasn't oh, wow. like I remember putting my foot down. And I was like, I'm sorry, I've diagnosed this and this and this and this and this car before yours. I'm not even going to get to yours for like three days. Yeah. So you don't have a choice. And then they try to escalate it, and nothing would get done. And I just learned that way, like just let it go to the manager. <laughs> how did you get yourself yeah. to that point because i know I, I i think i talked to you a little bit here and there when you were kind of in the midst of like real frustration with the dealership oh, yeah. and real like i'm i'm done i feel like giving up like yeah i don't want to i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to fight these fights anymore um and you were you were feeling pretty beat down and i i get it like mm-hmm. i totally understand how that goes i've been there um and I, th- I think pretty much any woman working in a male dominated field has been there as well. And what you said about like, you either have to choose to take the higher road or you treat them the same way that you're they're they're treating you and it's mm-hmm. so easy to go that way. Right. It and is. so many yeah. people do. That's why the culture of the dealerships and independent shops is kind of perpetuated over and over and over again, because oh, yeah, everybody just kind of slides into just doing the same thing. So how did you how did you get over that hump and how did you find that place, that motivation, that what was it that allowed you to get to that place where you're like, I can do this differently and I can stick with it and find my own path and be successful? Um, it, it was a fact, well, I prayed a lot. <laughs> That's, that was the beginning of that, but, <laughs> but it, was a, it was a fact that I knew who I was. I was not going to step down or stand down just because somebody wanted to intimidate or bully me. And I think that applies to any part of life that you could face these parts where people are just horrible and horrible and horrible to you. And it had the way that I navigated it was I realized that these are just human beings. They're just trying to, you know, they're trying to make a living just like I am. They're just taking Mm. the wrong path to doing so. And they don't know. 
I really feel that way. I feel like they just don't know, or sometimes they're just evil people and they, <laughs> they want to hurt you. And they, the only person that can give them that power is you. So mm-hmm. if you let it affect you, um, if you let it cause you to have bitterness, like bitterness root in your heart, that is the worst thing. It's as if they, they can affect you for a longer term than what they're doing just at this moment. Mm. So I, you know, understand for me, it was understanding the dynamics of the human heart and how we, and how we operate. And I don't, I don't have to give in to your BS. I don't have to do that. I can just say, Hey, you know, to my boss. So they're complaining about this. What do you want me to do? And just hand it into his hands and he would just deal with it. So I'm like, I'm just doing my best. As long as you do your best and you are a person of integrity, they can really find no fault in you, you know, and you're, I mean, what are they going to do? Make me work faster? I'm not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that was kind of, yeah, that's how I, I navigated that. Wow. I, I love everything about what you just said. That is so fantastic. Um, and oh, I, I, I know it's also probably easier to say than to do, right? Like, it's, oh, um, yeah. It's a practice. <laughs> angry, yeah. I mean, I think I showed up at your shop a few times. Like, I cried yeah. under one of your, the cars when we were working on it. And you're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just really mad." <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Crying is allowed in auto yeah, repair. Thank God. Yeah, I was like, I, I kept feeling. I was like, Bogey is so gracious right now. She must really understand what's going on. So, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Been, been there, done that. Crying yeah. is allowed. I I was so glad that I heard that you persevered and kind of stuck with it and found your your own way to kind of keep going with it because it would be such a loss to the industry to lose you. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Oh, gosh, 100%. Do you feel like things are changing in the industry? Do you feel like with this new generation of kids coming up and the younger techs that, that there's hope? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen so much humility out of the guys that I work with. Mm. And I think that's the key. That's something I was going to say. You know, I'm, I was going to mention that that humility is the key to success, I think, in this industry yeah. is part of it. You know, you can't come in and out of UTI and be like, I know what I'm talking about. You'll never. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody can see through your BS. Mm-hmm. So you prove it by the first car you work on and fail at. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> That's that's really it, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's good to hear. I mean, I, I, I want to be hopeful. Sometimes yeah. I'm not. Sometimes I am. I <laughs> yeah. If, if, you, if you could talk to, like, I mean, I know there is no such thing, right? Like the they that, um, there is no they that's controlling everything. But if, yeah. there, if, if there was somebody in charge of the automotive industry as a whole and the mechanical repair and the dealerships and all of that, and, and you could tell them to change something, anything about uh, the industry, whether it's how we get into it, whether it's what it works like, looks like day to day. If you could have them wave a magic wand and something would change within the industry, what do you think are the things that need to change? What needs to be different? Times, labor times are a huge deal. I don't know okay. it when you left the industry, but they started chopping us like super hard. Yeah. And, and then I've seen, I've seen the, and everybody's afraid to speak up about it, but I've seen the several different, not just Ford, but several different manufacturers go around and be like, what can we do different? And they want to get these incentive programs. It's like, stop cutting labor times. Mm. Appreciate 
appreciate the techs that you're training, like when they actually do good, reward them. I mean, I'm not saying that we're entitled to it. It's just that it's hard. It gets harder and harder. The job gets harder and it gets harder to make the money. And yeah. it, I, I've seen it around me. Unfortunately, it leads to dishonesty in people because they are like, I just am trying to survive. And so it's something that I don't know why they're not getting it and they may be getting it and they just don't want to budge in that area. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. God, that's, that's so important. I think that's so huge at the end of the yeah. day, like automotive technicians for those who don't know. And I don't know if you even know these stats, Tasha, but I was doing a little research around it and, um, the average auto mechanic across the country um, average auto mechanic is making about forty-five to $50,000 a year. Yeah. And, and yet the average auto mechanic after five years in the industry has anywhere between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars worth of tools. Yes. So there, there is a huge problem in and of itself. But then if you look at like how much the average elevator technician makes $60,000 a year, average airplane mechanic is over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Helicopter yeah. technicians are $160,000 a year, nuts. right? So auto mechanics are horribly, horribly, I think, underpaid, generally speaking. And then yeah. we wonder why we don't have any. It, it's a right. hard job. You have to have this, like you've been talking about, you have to have this inherent skill and ability to know how to use tools and know how to think about puzzles and now you're adding all of these electronics and all of the diagnostics and it's getting more and more complicated every year to work on cars yeah. and yet the pay has not gone up at all no. really or yeah. very minimally over the last several years or decades even oh yeah i mean we we've had where we've seen labor times literally cut in half sometimes and it just doesn't make any sense. They're like, well, you guys are, what the excuse was is that you guys are using electric tools. Huh? We've been doing that the whole time. What are you talking about? You know, it's really frustrating. It's, it's almost insulting to the intelligence of the mechanic. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Are you guys paid on the flat rate system still? Yeah. 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 Which, Which I like to a point I know you yeah. and I discuss flat rate it sucks sometimes you know yeah, yeah there's pros and cons to it there's pros yeah. and cons for sure but you have the opportunity to make more if you need to um if you want to if you're working hard enough I guess right. um or if you just get the lucky 10-5 you know evaporator core in a 350 like right, right. <laughs> that takes like three hours you yeah know? <laughs> when I was at at um the dealership I remember the excuse they used for cutting labor times because they were doing that back then too but they're mm -hmm. Their reasoning was, well, that car has been out long enough that you guys know how to do it faster. And it's like, but that's the point of the flat rate system is that once I yeah. learn how to do it faster, I can make more money on it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's like a way for you to actually get better because it's almost giving yourself a promotion a little bit, I guess. Yeah, because the first yeah. time you do it, it's going to take you a long time. Yeah. If that's the nature of oh, yeah. the beast. But then once I get good at it, I should at that point then be able to capitalize on it. Like, you know, the, the, the joke about like a master locksmith versus a brand new locksmith, right? The brand new locksmith takes three hours to do it. The master locksmith takes 15 minutes to do it. The right. customer says, why should I pay you so much money when it only took you 15 minutes? 
like, well, you're paying for my 30 years of experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that I know the tricks. (laughs) Exactly. It's that's how I justify uh, continuing to charge diagnosis because I know that I've gone back and forth in my head about it, but I'm like, you know what? This is 10 years, 11 years, 12 years of experience that I'm throwing at your car. Yeah. And then I, I get the the bad attitude of, well, why don't do you want to fix it yourself? You know, <laughs> like yeah. oh, you mean you like feel so that bad. about the customer? <laughs> yeah, like like well, because they're they complain. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to pay for that. I'm like, okay, then fix it yourself. Yeah, you know, I yeah, mean, you don't have to pay don't for wanna, it. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a bad attitude I need to purge out of my life. I don't so know that bad. that is a, I don't know that that is a bad attitude. I think that's realistic. Like it's the choice is yours, right? Like yeah. Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, whichever, right? The choice is yours. You don't have to pay for diagnosis. I'm also not going to do the diagnosis for free. So exactly. either yeah. you pay for it yeah. or I don't work on it. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's just your choice. My choice. Like I gotta, I gotta feed my kid too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. All right. So labor times <laughs> for sure. No, that was. A, I I love going down rabbit holes. <laughs> labor time was is a huge one. Anything else that you would change? Things that you think are like real thorns in the side of the industry, either gender related, not gender related, just in general. What do you think are our biggest challenges we're facing? Um. I would say, well, uh, I don't know if it's biggest challenges. It's when I think of it, it's like always, always like individual to me. So that's what you know, I- uh, when it's when it got you know it's got to do with warranty, and then I get a call back, and they're like, we tested that part, and it's it's good, and I'm like, then how come it didn't work when it came in, and it works now? Just doesn't make any sense, like that kind of stuff, where they can just make this executive decision to charge us back. You know, it seems like unfair. There's not openness on that side of it. Uh, And I have had that, like, you know, where I think what it is, what we're seeing, we're seeing it in Arizona probably more than anywhere because we have the heat and we don't have the Ford Proving Grounds or any Proving Grounds really out here except for Nissan that I know. Mm -hmm. So they need to be test. They need to bring back that testing to our area because they used to do like I'm sure you know this, but they've used to do extensive testing in Arizona and they don't anymore. So now we're getting a lot more failures and then they want to, they want to penalize us for it. Interesting. uh Yeah. That's such an interesting point. Um, Cause temperature related things are regional differences, right? Like what I repaired often when I was working at a dealership in New York Mm -hmm. was so different than what I repaired working on in Arizona. Um, Wow. Right, like we did all the suspension. It was all of the suspension work, (laughs) right? But yeah, it's 110 degrees today, (laughs) right? So Arizona deals with heat. In New York, we dealt with potholes, right? So in in New York, it was all the suspension stuff, and in Arizona, it was all the heat stuff, everything rubber, everything battery-related, anything plastic just Dies. Disintegrates. Disintegrates. Yeah. Yes. We had um, funny, funny sidetrack story was um, we had with BMW because they don't have proven grounds in, in Arizona either. Right. They don't mm-hmm. test their stuff in. Nobody tests their stuff in Arizona heat like they just mm-hmm. don't. Right. And so they we were getting in trouble at the dealership for replacing too many window regulators. That's the problem we're having right now. Oh, my goodness. Like brand new ones. Yeah. 
Because they fail. They just Mm -hmm. fail in the heat. And somebody from Germany came out to our dealership and they were like, you're doing too many warranty window regulators. You guys must be scamming the system. Your technicians must be lying, right? The assumption is that the techs are are bad and are lying and are cheating the system versus any other assumption, which is a gripe of mine as well, right? Like the first assumption is that your techs are are lying. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yes, I agree with that. Right? But they came out immediately. It must be the tech's Mm -hmm. fault, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They came out and they put a thermometer inside the door panel and then put the door panel back on and put the car out in the parking lot for half a day. Went back out, pulled the door panel out, checked the, the, the temperature gauge. And I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was some, like, ridiculously high number. It was, like, over 200 degrees, like, inside the door. Whoa, I guess at, I didn't expect that high. That's yeah, because at first they were, like, they're, like, our window regulars are rated to 130 or 160 degrees or whatever. And we're, like, yeah, it's going to get hotter than that in Arizona. <laughs> So they saw their temperature. (laughs) Totally. They saw the temperature and they were like, as you were, keep doing what you were doing. All good. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny to me. Oh, my God. So you're getting back charged on warranty items that they've determined are not. Yeah. They randomly select stuff. So that's the way we work. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I I mean, I get why they do it because, yeah, there are some really bad Mm -hmm. people out there that don't. They're just shotgunning parts and you're not supposed to do that so i get it but sure yeah i just remember one particular time i'm like are you what are you kidding like this yeah. is okay well the customer's happy i don't care yeah what, what else am i supposed to do and you, you know? lose hours you're losing pay when that happens yeah i lose pay right. yeah it's really unfortunate thank god it doesn't happen all the time but you know, yeah i i agree with you i think the the immediate blaming of the technician without actually investigating anything is the problem yeah. Yeah, it's a huge problem. So, so that um, as far as like anything else, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think it's because we've been so submerged. I would say what I say. Tell my husband we've been so submerged in the darkness of it that we don't know it could mm. be better. You know. Mm. So. Oof. Yeah. Let's let that one sink in for a hot second because that's it's so true. Yeah. It's so true that we and we get. You know, fish and water doesn't know they're wet, right? And yeah. Yeah. and that's all that we know when we're working yeah. in the dealership world. And so many folks know. I think a lot of what stands in the way of change and growth within the industry is this idea of like, well, this is the way it's always been done. Or, I've even heard that said out loud. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. Or like, yeah. I had to learn the hard way, so why should I teach anybody else how to do it like a a lack of desire to share skills and share knowledge and it's this like stuck in the it's always been this way kind of mindset yeah and what i what i think is that a successful shop will have a team even though we're Mm -hmm. all individual flat rate people we need to lean on each other because it's getting harder and there's just no getting around that you know yeah it's getting harder. We, we're trying to navigate stuff that maybe this guy has seen before, but I haven't, you know, everything's yeah. new constantly. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, we have a great team right now that. So all, yeah. how do people nurture that? Like how is, if there's a shop owner listening or dealer manager or whatever, if they're listening, how, how do you manage and how do you create that kind of team environment? Are you guys paid collectively or is it just, they've created a culture where 
you guys are encouraged to work together? Like, how does that work and how do we perpetuate that? Yeah, I think what, well, I, I have a really good manager. I have a really good GM right now. Like we've got really good guys that are just, they kind of let the shop run itself. And I mean, for the most part, until they have to step in, if there's like some hot, like customer on fire up front or something, you know, <laughs> like I'm burning alive. Like, right. You know? <laughs> something crazy is happening. We need I you need now. Yeah. Fix now. My Bluetooth doesn't work. You know, it's just like, whatever. Um, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, those are real. That's, that's real. That's real stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think from what my perspective and I may totally be wrong about this, but what what's happened in my particular environment and setting, we've had, we've had guys that actually come in, have come in that have been hired in and they're, they kind of sort of put themselves in the position of a leader, but they want best for everybody. And so they've had, they came in with a teamwork mindset mm. and, um, and there doesn't seem to be like any animosity between technicians at all. In fact, we're just, we don't want to see each other drown, you know? So, so it's really the people, not so much the system. Like it wasn't set up to create that. You just have the right people in play. I think so. And I think, I, I think I watched over time, but I think my, I think my boss has learned who to hire. I think he's, and I don't know if I've seen that change in him or what, but he's, he's actually really good at finding good people, mm. you know? So I don't know. I mean, like He's hiring more for personality. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, it's, it's important to have the skill, obviously. Sure. Like, can't, we can't have a Hackasaurus Rex coming in. You right. Know, just, <laughs> just a like Hackasaurus Rex. I think yeah. we need to get t-shirts that say that that is amazing. I've not ever heard that before. Um. <laughs> that was funny. I heard that for the first time at the dealer I'm at now, but the guy worked at, at another San, well, I was working at Sanderson. He worked at San, another, uh, the Lincoln Sanderson. And he started saying that, that, and then somebody said it at the Sanderson I was at. And then when I moved here, he's like, Hackasaurus Rex. So I was like, whoa, what is this nonsense? He goes, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> like, oh, how funny. That's I mean, a great does, term. He does like the, the T-Rex crap. <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I love it. That's great. Sorry. I, I sidetracked you in your comment. So no. um, we can have a bunch of Hackasaurus Rexes, but yeah. Um, but yeah, once you've kind of like established a baseline of skill and, and ability, like I always, I always say I can, I can teach you how to fix a car within reason. If you have the ability to, you know, hold the right end of the screwdriver, I can teach you how to fix a car. Right. I can't teach you how to care. Yes. And I can't teach you how to get along with others. Like that has to be like, you have to have that kind of brain. And it's oh, good yeah. to see that there's more of that being looked at in the hiring process and that you're yeah. seeing the effects of that. Yeah, I, I do. I do believe so. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, that's something we just never, I never really thought about when, when yeah. I, you know, I was thinking I'm going to be in this corner. I'm going to have my own bay and I'm not going to have to talk to anybody. Mm. No, that is not yeah. the case at all. It was the opposite. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Your most, most valuable tool is your phone book, right? Mm -hmm. They're like your, the people who you know that you can reach out to because we can't know everything. No. We just can't. Anybody, that anybody that pretends that they do are lying. <laughs> and, and they always try to crap on you. Well, you should know this. You're the mechanic. I'm like, okay. 
Right. Well, thanks. I don't know what's off the top of my head right now. You know, <laughs> I just like download the entirety of the workshop manual into my mind. You know, it just doesn't work like that. Wouldn't it be nice if it did work like that? I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, It'd be walking but, hotline contacts. You know? <laughs> but it's true. You can't know everything. And mm-hmm. yes, louder for the people in the back. Anybody who's saying that they do or making yes. fun of you for not knowing something, yeah. right? They're lying. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I mean, the the thing I think was so successful about Ford is that they teach you how to figure out. They teach you how to find the information. Yeah, and I'm sure. BMW, I feel like BMW did a little bit too because I went through that program. Yeah, I will say that for anybody who's out there, like if you're looking to go into this as a career path and you're thinking about going to Universal Technical Institute or or any other schools that out that have the Ford program, even if you don't want to go work for Ford take the Ford program. Because I felt like Ford did a phenomenal job of teaching electronics and the diagnostic process. And even though I never went to work for Ford, I was so grateful that I went through that program because I just, I learned so much. And they really do, I feel like, I I hate working on Fords, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Um, I hate, I hate working on them. I mean, there, there are so many times where I'm like, seriously, Ford, like, what were you thinking? (laughs) And I know some Ford engineers, so I'm looking at you guys. Um, But, (laughs) but from a, like a diagnostic standpoint, like you, they really have created some wonderful Mm -hmm. tools for the text to find the, the flow and the process, the diagnostic tree, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that that's one of the strongest suits. And I, I think that's what caused me, you know, when, when we, I know we mentioned the charity thing a little bit, but it's mm. what caused me. Yeah. We I want to talk, we have to talk about, about that. I know I did yeah. too. And oh my God. So I have to ask permission really quickly and then we're going to go into that. Okay. We are almost at our hour is almost up. Okay. So I'm going to ask your permission, um, humbly, if we may go over a little bit, because I totally want to talk about the charity stuff. Um, I know that's so important to you and it's, it's yeah. something we're both passionate about. So are you okay with us going over a few minutes? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Good. Folks, I yeah. hope you all stick around for this as well. So, um, so, so go on. Talk, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so, so I think what, you know, God blessed me with was actually, you know, having the opportunity with Ford and the fact that they are so good at like helping you figure out how to diagnose. It's not that you're going to know the diagnosis right away. Like you, you know, they, they help you to, they're like, here's the resources, find the resources. Yeah. They give you, they really provide that. And so it made me, um, like I, I fixed a transmission on a Dodge Durango just out of understanding, okay, I don't have the information now, but I'll get it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and then, I mean, and it was crazy because the car, the truck was failing. It needed to pass emissions. And I, I don't know how I pulled this off the internet somehow but i figured out that certain codes like i went through and pressure tested you know all of the clutches and all of that in my garage oh wow never thought in the in my like wildest dreams i'd be able to do that ended up condemning the solenoid pack oh wow and and i found one somebody just gave me one and i you know it was a charity thing and that's awesome and then she drove away and it was like what how, and I was blown away by that. And it was one of those things that was actually through the charity stuff that I got better at my own personal job because mm. I learned how to navigate other cars that don't 
share the same sort of design, obviously. Ooh, yeah, that touches on such a huge topic, too. It's like that moment when you go from working just on one manufacturer to working on other things, it gives Mm -hmm. you the opportunity to, like, two things. One, like, totally expand your knowledge base, right? You're, like, now doing totally different things, but you're also really going back to understanding the basics, and you're able to reflect on, like, how well do you understand the basics? How well do you understand the diagnostic process? Because you have to rely on that so much. And it's, it can either be really horrifying or really affirming to text when they, when they make that transition. So really awesome to hear that it was an affirming thing for you. Yeah. There was times where it wasn't. And I think you have to, you have to walk through those, like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yes. (laughs) To to really get to the point where you do know what you're doing. Yeah. And you have to, you have to allow suffering to happen in your life. Yeah. in order to get better. It's the only way, actually. Oof, I love that. You have to allow suffering in your life in order to get better. You do. You do. That's it's so powerful. It, it produces, it produces like, you know, perseverance in us, you know, so yeah. um, it's valuable. I know it sucks sometimes. I feel like yeah. I've been going through that a lot lately, but hmm. um, yeah. But keeping that perspective helps get through the dark times, I feel like too, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, that's really a really does. powerful statement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the charity, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's good. Heavy bombs on no, you. <laughs> it's so good because it is, it's that, like I imagine that meme of like, uh, you know, the, the comfort zone and then like out here is like where magic happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to get uncomfortable oh, yeah. to get to the good stuff, but God, is it uncomfortable? <laughs> And for like an extended period of time where you like want to run from it, you know, Yes. you want to run from it. But you know, if you run, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just going to set you back. Yeah. 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 I feel like I really became a good technician once I started working on all makes and models and had to really push myself. Like I was, I was a good tech, but I wasn't a great tech. Then I started working on things on my own and had to really understand how stuff worked so that I could figure out how Dodge did it differently than Chevy did it, than Hyundai did it, than what, right? Like you really have to get back to basics. And it was through that process that I, I feel like I actually became a really good technician. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, it, and it's almost like starting over. You know how they tell you mm-hmm. that first year is the worst? Mm-hmm. It really is like every time I knew, I learn a new thing at my work, I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> no, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of learning. <laughs> I know. But it, the truth is it'll never stop. It'll, it'll never, never stop. It will never stop. Yeah. Right. The day you stop learning yeah. is the day you start dying. All right. So let's talk about charity. Let's talk about yes. this charity thing. So what, what does this mean to you? You said that charity is really what drove you to get into the industry to begin with. Talk to me about that and what that means to you. Uh, well, I saw a lot of need for, you know, specifically at the church I was at, we had a, we had a, actually a small group of um, technicians that were just from like Honda and, you know, but it was like, we all had this common goal to let's, let's help people that can't afford it, that they're just trying to live day by day, paycheck to paycheck, you know? And, and so what we did was we created this group thing. And if say they would send out a mass text and say, Hey, uh, can any of you look at this car for such and such? And I made a lot of good friends that way because, you know, when you help people, they are really appreciative and, you know, they have love for you and care for you. And, um, what it, what it ended up happening was 
one by one because of life and I was the only one left doing it. And so the weight of it uh, mm. became too much. And so I had to step back and I haven't been doing it for a while, but I did give a car away. Um, oh, wow. I put, a, I put a transmission in a, I think I told you about that one, but I put a transmission into escape and gave it oh, to yes. a friend. Yeah. Um, I knew exactly what was wrong with it. I bought the car. I bought this escape for like $700. It's this little cute little SUV and then put a transmission in it and then just gave it away. And it was, I mean, probably one of the most satisfying or fulfilling things I've done in a while. For I sure. love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that so much. It is such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think it's such a valuable, like, kind of reflection on no matter what, no matter who you are or what your skill set is or where your strengths are, like there is always a way that you can bring value to other people. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. being a mechanic and having a trade that people rely on is, is such a, a beautiful way to be able to help people. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I love that you're doing that. I love that you've done that. I love that you're continuing to do it. And I know that that drives you. And I, we have talked about it. And I will, I will take this opportunity to do a little teaser. Um, we, we have not firmed up details yet. So I can't give details. But I can say stay tuned, everybody who is, who is listening and who hears this. Um, we have a, a build that may be coming up very soon here um, that is going to be along those lines. So I'm going to be... I'm gonna be tapping you for that, Tasha, and I, yeah. I want you to I want you to work with me on it because um, we want to do exactly exactly that and and bring the skills that we have that we can use to help others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that why we do all this in the first place? It's like yeah. we build up the skill, but we do something for somebody that can't help themselves. So yeah. I think that's the and not taking advantage either. You know. Be that trusted person that somebody can rely on. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Integrity. I think the industry, technicians within the industry forget that a lot. Right? Oh, like yeah. I, you probably hear this often as well as the like, oh, this stupid customer, that stupid customer, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, or or making fun of customers for not knowing things. Like, how did they oh, not yeah. know this about this car? I'm like, well, because they're not a technician. And yeah. that's our job. Like, our job <laughs> is to be their hero, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't go through, like, military boot camp of, you know, of, of UTI and, like, here, right. let's pound all this. You know, you want to learn about automatic transmissions? Here we go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. And they, we, we shouldn't expect them to be good at what we're good at, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and we're their to be their hero, to be the person that saves the day. And just like we rely on other people when it's something that we don't know, right? But I love that that is so core to who you are. Well, thank you. And nice. you're sharing that. What I love the most about it, like you're, who, who you are, your beingness, and your, um, like your compassion and your empathy and your care for other people is, and the fact that you have found the confidence within yourself to own that and not let the industry or the people around you suck that out of you, you're instead infusing that in the people around you and it's affecting and changing your work environment for the better and the people around you for the better. And I love that. I didn't even realize that, I guess. My boss said that the other day. <laughs> you have no idea how much you're respected. Mm. 
Well, I guess I never saw that, but I, so I appreciate you saying that yeah. very much. Oh, absolutely. It's very kind. The fact that they all refer to you as mom is not an insult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to raise any of you. I'm done raising, like, I'm almost... <laughs> I'm almost done raising my, I'm not, never going to be done raising him, but yeah. Right, right. No, but you are having an impact and that's a beautiful thing. So keep doing what you're doing. I know it's, I know it's not always easy, but you're, you're an inspiration and, um, and you inspire many. So. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that bogey. Absolutely. All right. I've taken up enough of your time. We are well past our hour. Um, I want to be respectful of you. I know you've got your family to get back to. Um, I want to respect the time of all of these fine folks at home. So I want to thank you again, 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 again for um, being willing to come on here, sharing your thoughts, sharing your experiences. Um, I have I have one final question that I have to ask. Yes. Have to ask. <laughs> if you could talk to the younger you, little baby Tasha. Or another little girl like you. Make me cry. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, not on purpose, but hey. Um, you could talk to younger you or another little girl like you. What would you? What are your words of advice for her? Oh man, sorry. That's okay. Crying is allowed. I would say. I mean, I know I'm gonna get into religion, but I would say trust okay. God and what He has to say about you and your identity. Um that it's gonna work out as hard as it seems and as tumultuous as life has been, there's always hope. So, yeah. sorry. It's okay. <laughs> A little bit emotional. <laughs> That's so, okay. Yeah, that, that is exactly, yeah. It's crazy that you asked me that because I've been thinking about that lately. Mm. So. I love it. <laughs> yeah, deep breaths and yeah. yes, it is it is so easy to say, it is so much harder to do, to remember exactly those words, like have, have hope, have faith, know that things are going to work out even if you don't see it in the moment. Yeah. Your life has been continuous proof that things do work out. Yeah. Um, for, for whatever reason, right? If, if, whether you're religious, whether you're not religious, whatever, if it's, if it's you that caused that, if it's whatever it is that you believe in that caused that, but things do work out. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I like to believe that who you are had a really big part in making, can helping to continue make your life what it is. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you are still around and, uh, and sharing your story and are still a part of this industry. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I am gonna truly let you go for the evening now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it was so much fun talking to you and you need to get your butt down to the shop because we need to yeah. wrench on some stuff together because looking yeah. through those old pictures and seeing how much fun we had working together, um, it, it, it made, made me a little teary-eyed. I was like, I miss her. We need to get you out to the shop, so. Heck yeah, yeah, that'll happen for sure. Awesome, for sure. all right. We'll have a fantastic rest of your evening and folks oh, at home, Thank you guys all so much for coming and hanging out and spending this hour with us and getting to know Tasha. Um, definitely go check her out on the social medias. I've got her linked in the description below this video. So make sure you go check her out, throw her some love and support and continue watching her journey um, and send her all sorts of love and well wishes as well as always with all of our guests. And if you're ever needing a little dose of inspiration, you can always go back and look at past videos. Uh, this is our 150th episode. Oh 
my gosh, there's 150 women that I have had the amazing pleasure of getting to sit down and, and talk to and get to hear their stories and their journeys and their experiences. So no matter what technical trades you are in or thinking about going into, there is an interview out there uh, for, for you to meet another woman doing similar stuff and to hear her journey and experiences. Um, always great for a little bit of inspiration and just uh, knowing that you're not alone. So um, you can find new episodes of the With Her Two Hands podcast every Wednesday right here on YouTube and on Facebook live uh, 5 p.m. Pacific 8 p.m. Eastern and then of course every Monday we release a past archived episode from this series series former life um, as uh, as trades lady happy hour so lots of other episodes that are still being released so every Monday every Wednesday two times you get to meet cool women in the trades. And then of course, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can also listen to this in audio form. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and spending part of your week with me and meeting our guests this week. Big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Drive Time, for all of their support of women in the trades. And have yourselves a fantastic evening. Until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. Bye guys. 